Hallelujah. So we are uh, in our fourth teaching pillar, uh, the ministry. Uh, our teaching pillars are relationship, kingdom, the church, and ministry. And so we are in our fourth teaching pillar before we reset in June. Now, the uh, title of the series that we're in right now is called Bodybuilders. All right, Bodybuilders. Come on, give me y'all best. Let me, yeah, there we go. There we go. I ain't see yours, Mr. Now. Let me see yours. Ah, right, she gave me both of them. Hallelujah. So we are bodybuilders. Say bodybuilders. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. He said, I will build my church. When he said I, he was talking about every son and daughter that will reside in Christ. Okay, now on Wednesday, I was telling everybody that we are in Christ by way of being born again. But now we have to get Christ in us. Y'all with me? Okay, we are in Christ. We are sons and we are daughters. But now we have to get Christ in us. We are already in Christ. Heaven is our home. God is our father. We ain't worried about none of the devil, none of that stuff. But the thing that we have to do is get Christ in us. Means that we need to have the mind of Christ. Okay, that's what makes us whole is that we have the mind, that we have his heart for the kingdom, okay? And that eventually our soul conforms. That's what Paul said, I labor with you until Christ is formed in you. So we are bodybuilders. The Bible said that he gave us the fivefold ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. So we are bodybuilders. All right. However, the body of Christ is going to look in earth. It's going to be because of us. If it look raggedy. It's because of us. If it look weak and frail and brittle and always challenged it's because of what? Us. We can't blame this one on the devil. <laughs> we can't blame this one on the devil. So we have to become bodybuilders. After we get done with this series, we're going to be bona fide bodybuilders. Amen? Now, the, um, I'm just going to start teaching. Our first scripture on today is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. And it reads, it says, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Okay. Paul said, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. So Paul is telling them, watch me imitate Christ and imitate me. All right. Now, that starts at the simplest level of practicing righteousness. All right. Y'all praying, fasting, reading your word, study time and fellowship. We start there. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Verse 2 says, now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firm to the traditions. Say traditions. Just as I handed them down to you. Verse 3. This is where the meat of the message, the conversation will come from on today. It says, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. 
And the man is the head of a woman. And God is the head of Christ. All right? So Paul said, I need you to understand this. Christ is the head of every man. That's why the father said that he predestined us to conform to the image of his son. So that his son will be the firstborn of many brothers, of many sisters, of many children. So Christ is the head of every man. That is the predestined purpose from the father. That's what he wants. Then it says man is the head of woman. And God is the head of Christ. So Paul is letting us know that everybody has a head. Amen? So the title of this teaching on today is called Everybody Has a Head. Say every body has a head. Okay, I need y'all to put some, some spunk into it now. Okay, say every body has a head. Now, I want you to say it like this. Say everybody has a head. So everybody has a head. Okay, touch your head. Everybody has a head. All right, everybody has a head. But everybody has a head. So a marriage is a body and it has a head. A family is a body and it has a head. A congregation is a body and it has a head. An organization is a body and it has a head. So if you take one of the sports franchises, let's say Atlanta Falcons. I'm, I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan, so I'm just saying, let's say Atlanta Falcons. And, all right, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. All right, they have an owner of the team. He's the head of the team. He owns the team. Then they have the president. Then they have the general manager. Then they have the head coach. Okay, then they have captains of the team. Now the president, the, the, the owner is the head of the team. The president is the head of the organization. The general manager is the head of the team. Okay, and then the coach coaches the team, but everybody has a head. The captain is the head of the team while they're on the field. So what's going on on the field is controlled by the owner. What's, what the coach is doing in his coaching has already been discussed with the general manager. The players that were chosen by the general manager were already discussed by the president. So everybody, everybody has a head. But at the same time, everybody has a head. And the characteristics of a head is somebody has to think for the body, amen? Somebody has to see for the body. Somebody has to hear for the body. Somebody has to speak for the body. Everybody can't be ahead. 
Now, everybody can be a leader, but everybody can't be ahead. Amen? Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 says, because the husband is head of the wife, and we're not talking about that today. Okay, women, so I don't want you, I don't throw no tomatoes at me in the spirit. Because the, head, because the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior of the body. So everybody has a head. Every person has a head. All right? How did you get here today? <laughs> you had a thought in your head and that thought controlled your body, and you came. Or you got up this morning, you had a thought, and you, you online. <laughs> However you're here. Amen. But then every marriage has a head. Every family has a head. Every congregation has a head. When the Bible talks about the apostle, first apostles, what is that letting us know? That is the head, which means everybody can't be the head. I know we all want to be the head, but everybody can't be the head in a marriage. That's why we got so many divorces. Amen. Everybody can't be the head of the family. I know you want to blame it on men just walking out, but most time men walk out because you won't let them be the head. And if a man can't be the head, he don't want to be no other part. God didn't ordain us like that. He didn't build a man to be anything other in a family but the what? Head. Now, that doesn't make every, any other part lesser. But somebody has to think. Somebody has to speak. Somebody has to see. And somebody has to hear for the body. So somebody has to think, see, hear, and speak for the marriage. For the family, for the congregation, for organization. Now, this is our ministry pillar. Ministry is service to the body through the directions of the head. I'm going to say that again. Ministry is service to the body through the direction of the head. Once the head has spoken and said what he want, wants, then we can, the body can move now. This is why he tells us not to yield our bodies to sin. Because when you yield your body to sin, you're already letting us know who your head is. So on today, we're going to be very light, but we're going to talk just about the definition of the definition of the word head, all right? Now, head is, of course, the body part, okay, of men and of animals, all right? If you remove the head, the body's no good. The body's dead if you remove the head, amen? That's why in marriage, we think that Satan attacked Eve, but he didn't. He attacked Adam, 
but he knew he could only get to Adam through his boo. Amen? He didn't attack Eve. He attacked Adam. Because he knew he couldn't get Adam to eat the conversation, the fruit. So he had to feed it to his body. When Satan knows that he can't slow down your mind, he'll try to make your body sick. In family, everything can be going good as a husband, as a, as a mother, in the marriage. And what Satan does is he attacks the kids. When he attacks the children, he's not attacking the children to be attacking the children. Because taking the children out does no good. What he's attacking is what? The head. He needs the children to get on the wife's nerves. And then he needs the wife to bring it to the husband. <laughs> so Satan is always attacking the body of Christ. So ahead is anything with supreme authority, say Christ. Anything with chief authority. Anything with prominent authority. So now, this is of a person, this is of Christ, and this is of things. So we're just going to do definitions today because I want you to get an understanding of what the head looks like. So of men, the husband is the head. All right? Now, a husband is not a man. All right? A husband is not just a man. Every man is not a husband, but every man should aspire to be a husband. The characteristics of a husband is he has to be a male. Come, come on. Come on. We got to say that. So as, as, as far as gender, a husband has to be a male. He has to be mature. Come on. And the proof that a man has become a husband is how he cultivates family. Is how he cultivates what is given to him. Jesus said, I am divine. My father is the husbandman. He does all the pruning. He does all the purging. He, he arranges the soil. He removes the branches. It's not the vine job to do that. That is the husband's job. Now, when it comes, when it comes to the wife or the woman, when the Bible talks about a woman, it's either talking about a virgin, someone who is married, or someone who is a widow. Now, a woman can be a head in ministry, but never in marriage. All right? A woman can be a head in ministry, but never in marriage. Now, say this with me. Say, order is for growth. Okay, order is for growth. Now, 
When we're talking about the head, we're talking about the person who is the master. Now, we're not going to like to hear this, but there's a master and there's a servant. Okay? There's a television and there's a remote control. The remote control is what? The master. <laughs> the television is the servant. Christ is the master. He is the Lord. The body is the servant. We serve what? The head. We don't have our own thing that we want to do. This, gonna, this ain't going to feel good for a moment, but when you get the understanding of it, it will. In Christ, we don't have our own will. Christ portrayed that for us. He let us know who his head was. Now, we just read the scripture where it says that God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of woman. So that's even good to know in voice recognition because Jesus let us know he doesn't say anything, he doesn't do anything unless his father tells him. So us as the body, we have to come with the same conversation. We only say and we only do what Christ. This is why the Bible tells us to have the mind. Why? Because the mind controls the body. Now, order is for growth. In order for us to grow, we have to have a name, we have to have a vision, and we have to have a destination. All right? In marriage, the only reason why the man is the head, he's the Lord, he's the master of the family, is because the wife took his name. And when the wife took his name, her responsibility now was to grow into his name and out of hers. Okay. The person who bears the name has the vision. When a woman meets a man, and wants to become his wife, she must understand he already has a destiny. That's why you're there to help. That's why you're there as a helper, because when you meet a man, he already has a destiny. He don't need you to come in and try to be the head. <laughs> you can't come in and control the show. Because he had a destiny before you met him. The, this is how it worked at the beginning. Before the father created Eve, pulled Eve out of Adam, Adam already had instructions. Matter of fact, when it came down to the touching of the tree, the father didn't talk to Eve. He talked to Adam. When he gave Adam the instructions, Eve wasn't even, hadn't even been created yet. It was Adam that gave Eve the instructions. So the father told Adam, said, don't touch, said, you can touch every other tree, but don't touch that one. When Adam took those instructions from the father, his head, and told Eve, you can eat from every tree in the garden except for this one. Don't touch it or even look at it. <laughs> what was he trying to do? Keep the family intact. So now, orders get us places speedily and unscathed.
All right. The reason why we need order is so we can get there speedily and unscathed. Where there is no order, we move slow and we're wounded. Where there is where there is disorder, we're unhealthy. It is a disease for the body to fight against the head. It's cancerous. The perfect picture is marriage. If there is no order in marriage, then you add kids to that. Now you have a a future family picture of what they're going to be in counseling talking about. We counsel people in marriage all the time, and we tell them, if y'all don't get this right, we'll be counseling your kids. If in marriage we don't grasp who's the head and who's the body, then the kids will be out of order. And that's why you have a family tree. But the thing about a family tree is it it has a root. So it will either be rooted in order or be rooted in disorder. And that is what we're looking at 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 the family tree right now. If you listen to this, this trauma music, if you listen to this generation, we have a generation that has no head. So we're just going to talk about the definition of today, uh, today. But the meat and the heart of the message is what I want you to get and understand is that Christ is the head of the body. Okay? Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. So of Christ, Christ is the Lord of the husband and of the church. There will be much preaching. I'm just explaining stuff to you today. Now, Christ is head of the husband in every Lord type. So every leader is a Lord type. Amen. Every governing authority is a Lord type and Christ is the head of that. That's why he tell you to submit to all governing authorities. Because he's the head of every governing authority. Christ is the head of every husband. So every husband answers to Christ, not to his wife. This is why the Bible says it is a man should never pray with his head covered. A woman should never pray with her head uncovered. So as a woman, when you pray, you should pray understanding that you have a head. So the instructions came from somebody. If it's not your father, your natural father is your spiritual father. You should have a spiritual father, but if you don't have a spiritual father, it's, it's, it's your heavenly father. But that, even that is proxy of Christ. That's why women, listen women, to my unmarried, whenever you decide that you're going to get married, make sure that man name represents Christ. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on. Break your wrist. Break your wrist, okay? Make sure that man name 
represents Christ. Because once you say I do, you have to listen to him. Don't come to me telling me what he said so I can interject and, and, and overtake his voice. No, you said I do. You should have made sure before you said I do that his name represented Christ's name. Now, if you come to me with a man, I'm going to tell you this. Make sure he's practicing righteousness. So, ladies, examine his prayer life. Examine his giving. His word time. Does he fast? Does he fellowship? Does he have a head? Men, before you choose her, you better make sure she can submit to Christ. Because if she not submitting to Christ, she not going to submit to you. You are not bigger than God. <laughs> if she's not submitting to God, your voice has, you sound like Charlie Brown, every time you talk. So the Bible lets us know that Christ is the head of the church and that the church is his body. So if Christ is the head of the church and the church is his body, Christ will be the one because he's the head. He will be the one doing the thinking. He will be the one doing the seeing. He will be the one that teaches us how to hear. He will be the one that tells us what to say. This is what an ambassador is. So because Christ is the head of the body, the body can only think like him, have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself. So why is the body expected to be humble? Because the head is humbled. Because the head is humble. So anytime we're in the body and we're not humble, we know who your head is. E. Jesus gave the fivefold ministry, and we'll talk about that in this, in this series of body being, becoming bodybuilders. But this is what we're going to do on today. We're going to go through and we're going to examine the scriptures, and I want you to see his mind. I want you to see how he saw things. I want you to see how he heard, and I want you to see how he spoke. So you can know how you're supposed to do what? Align yourself. Amen. Okay, let's go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This is Jesus talking. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, that's a mindset. He said, don't worry about everyday life. Worrying happens where? In the mind. He said, don't worry about everyday life. Now, he's telling you how you need to think. He said, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you will have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So he's telling us here, this is how your mind should work. We are not to worry. Why? Because worry shows doubt. 
Doubt shows what? Lack of faith. This is why when Jesus came on the scene, the first thing he said in Matthew 4 and 17, it's not up there. He said, repent. He was letting you know, if you're going to be a part of my body, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, you have to repent. What does repent mean? Change your mind. Change the way you think. Get your mind off the system of the world and get your mind on the system of the kingdom of God. Every conversation and word that comes out of Jesus' mouth is for his body. We have to listen to the scripture. We have to read the scriptures with that in mind. He's not just talking. He's telling us how to think. Don't worry about what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat. But just seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Even when he told parables that were thought-provoking, he was trying to get us to think. Every parable, he was trying to get us to think to make us go and investigate. So he would tell, he would tell parables of the prodigal son. One of my favorite ones is the, the, the story of the two sons. He said, think of it like this. He said, a man had two sons. He was getting ready. To, he asked both of them to go out in the vineyard and work. One said, yes, I will. And the other said, no, I won't. The one who said, yes, I will, didn't do it. The one who said, I won't, did it. He said, now, who did the will of the father? The, so he was letting us know that it ain't about what you say out your mouth. It's about a made up mind. Because although one said, I'm going to do that, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. They didn't. But the one that said they wasn't going to do it, let you know that there was a conversation going on in his mind that made his body respond differently. So he was letting you know that the only way we know that your mind is in line with heaven is what your body does. So he said, don't worry. He said, repent. The next one is the eyes. The eyes are the perception. I went too fast. Let me say this before I move on to this one. Christ is the head of our thought life, okay? Christ is the head of our understanding, and Christ is the head of our imagination. Now, Christ is the eyes of the body. Just like he is the mind of the body, he is the eyes of the body. So he gives us our perception of things. He gives us our faith. It is him who gives us our father lenses, Jesus said that the eye, the eye, he was talking, the eye is the lamp of the body. He said if that, if that eye is full of light, then the whole body's full of light. He said, but if it is full of darkness, then the whole body is full of darkness. Now, light is what? Divine truth. So he's telling you what to look for and what to look at. He's telling you that if you have his eyes, if you see what he sees, then you see light. You operate in divine truth. And actually for your eye to be full of life is what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. Which, which is what it means to have a mature insight into the ways of the kingdom. 
So this is why we have to go through the five stages of sonship, because a newborn baby don't see like an adult. They both have eyes. They both have eyes. But they don't see. So sight comes with what? Maturity. Even amongst us, we have to see one another how the father sees us. I know you might see somebody doing something right now, but just because they're doing the thing right now, that's not how the father sees them. You have to have spiritual eyes. When the father brought us in his household, he saw us becoming. He saw a finished product. Anytime you have a coach, I tell players this all the time, if your coach is not paying attention to you, he don't think you're a good player. I'm just being honest with you. If you're on the team and the coach ain't paying no attention to you because he don't think you're a good player. But if the coach is on you, he sees the potential. And he's not going to stop until the potential is manifested. This is how the father sees us. This, as a leader, this is how I see you. I know you may think I'm, I'm, I'm rough sometimes or I'm kind of uh, militant sometimes, but I see the potential of the body. This is what correction is for. Correction is because we see potential. We know if you will get your butt up and pray what you could become. We know if you would fast what you could become. If you would give what you could become. So we push you into those things because we're more concerned about you becoming. If you spent time in your word, we know what you would become. So we push you to do that. If you showed up at church and participated, you would grow. So we push you, come to church. Come on time. Worship. Why are we trying to get you to do those things? Because we know what you can become. We know your potential. Why? Because we have Christ's eyes. So we see what he sees in you. That's why he, he assigned the fivefold ministry. He didn't just assign the fivefold ministry. The Bible says that he gave us grace. And he didn't just give us grace. He gave us certain measures of grace. So we have certain measures of grace where we can see what you can't see. That's a part of being what? The head. So if you come tell me what you see and I tell you what I see. I'm going to say that again. So if you come tell me what you see in the congregation and I tell you what I see, who sees the best? Me. It ain't bec it, it, this ain't a maturity thing. This is a grace. It's a call. It's an assignment. The Father talks to you as children of God. Outside of children of God, he speaks to you according to your assignment. If you don't have an apostle assignment, you're not getting apostle information. Come on. If you don't have a watchman assignment, you don't get watchman information. If you're not a prophet, you don't get prophetic information. You don't get pastoral information. You don't get evangelical information if you don't have an assignment. Anytime someone calls me and they get to telling me, well, I think the Bible means, I say, what is your assignment? Because if you're not called to teach, he's not talking to you about doctrine. You're studying and you're giving back what you see. But your eyes have not been opened. 
when, when Saul was on his way to Damascus, crucifying the church, a light shined from heaven, and Jesus spoke. He don't speak many times outside after he left. But this particular time, he spoke to Paul. He said, why are you persecuting me? He said, why are you persecuting me? He was in heaven. How is Paul persecuting him? You putting your hands on my body. Then he told him, you can, it's hard to kick against the goals, which means I know you think you're working for me, but you're not. You can't be for somebody and against somebody. Paul thought he was for him. So he thought the crucifixion of the church was God's will. So what did he have to do? Blind him. <laughs> Why? Because he had the wrong sight. He blind him, <laughs> sent him to Ananias, and when he got to Ananias, he laid hands on him and the scales fell off. And now the eyes of Saul became the eyes of Paul. Jesus asked Peter, who do men say I am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're another prophet. Who do you say I am? He was checking his sight. How do you see me? They see me as some other dude. They see me, my body, and who I was and who I am in the flesh. But how do you see me? He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. You didn't see that with natural eyes. Spiritual eyes showed you that. The Father in heaven revealed that to you. And he said, now you're going to go from Cephas to Peter. He nicknamed him Little Rock. <laughs> the Rock nicknamed him Little Rock because his sight changed. And then he said, on that revelation you got... I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So Christ is the eyes of the body. This is why Paul says we don't walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. So what you see with your natural eyes is a lie. What you see with your natural eyes is a lie. And now you need new eyes that are called faith. So now you have to remove your eyes from the natural realm and you have to learn how to shift your eyes to the spirit realm. And you got to practice this because you think you see something and that's not what you see. The Bible says, by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So everything that we see was created by what we don't see. He said, have a heavenly mindset. He said, have an eternal perspective. Stop thinking temporal. Stop trying to get out the month. So Jesus came to give us eye, different eyes. The body should not have eyes that see physically. We should have eyes that see spiritually. We should see the spirit realm first and the natural realm second. Y'all with me? 
We should see the father's household first, then our household. This is why Jesus said the son can only do what he sees the father do. But then he has conversation in scripture to get us to see what he see. Y'all ready? Matthew chapter 6 verse 26. Now he just told him, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. And then the next thing he says is, look at the birds. Look. <laughs> Open your eyes. Look. He's trying to give us what? His eyes. Because now we're part of what? His body. So he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. The father don't feed you and bless you because of tithes and offering. He does it because he's your father. Okay. The tithes and offering is for abundance of increase. It's kingdom investment. It's taking you to the next level. But he's letting you know he, he takes care of birds. So he'll give you the bare minimum. You're going to eat. You're going to have some clothes. But you're not going to move according to your wants and your <laughs> the tithes and the offering is, is so he can unlock your vision you see that big house you better put some tithes and some offering on it <laughs> you see that car all he need to give you is transportation a bus pass is good enough he took care of you he gave you the bare minimum because you gave him the bare minimum but all in all, even the most he gave you is better than not having nothing. And then the faith that it came from heaven. So he letting you know. He said, look at the birds. They don't pay tithe. They don't harvest. They ain't got no job. They're not storing up in barns. They not None of that. You don't see them at Ingalls. You don't see them at Walmart. He said, I feed them. Now watch this. Watch how he goes from sight to mind. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Look at the birds, then think, I'm more valuable than them. Verse 27. Can all your worries, mind, you shouldn't be worrying. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Verse 28. And why worry about clothing? And why worry? Let's stay right there. And why worry about clothing? What's that next word? Look. Open your eyes. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make, they don't work or make their clothing. This is Jesus talking. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God so, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, this ain't even a cultivated flower. That are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? In other words, 
Why can't you see this? He says you got little faith, which means your eyes are barely open. What is he trying to do? Open our eyes. He's trying to have our eyes wide open to the fact that the Father can supply all. Watch this. He, he followed all this with saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Same formula. So he tells us, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at the grass. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> I know that's hard, ain't it? He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow have his own worries. But just seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, everything else will be added to you. Amen? So Christ is the ears of the body. And Luke 8 and 21 is not up there for my note takers. Jesus said, my mother... And my brothers are those who hear and do the will of my father. Luke 8, 21. They asked him, they told him, they said, your mother and your brother, they out there looking for you. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brothers? He said, there are those who hear. Those who hear. If you don't hear, it might be because you're not a part of the body. Now, I have to say it like that because we're in a generation where we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and then we go do our thing. We say that out our mouth, but our bodies don't follow it. And faith is an action. Okay, well, I'll take that back. Faith is a sight. Belief is an action. If you say you have faith in the kingdom of God, then that means that should be the thing that you rely on, the thing that you depend on, the thing that you stand for at all times. But we in a generation where everybody say, I'm a Christian, but they're not a part of the body. And he's not speaking outside of his body. If I'm talking in my mind right now, I'm, only me can hear me. <laughs> Amen? Come on, it's the prophetic. Christ is at the right hand of the Father. It ain't audible. It's not audible. He's speaking to his body right now. There's a prophetic word in the app. There's a frequency going on right now. He's speaking to his body. There's something that he needs to get done. And you got to find out what part of you. Are you the torso? Are you the arms and the head, the legs, the hands? Are you the legs and the feet? Are you the shoulders? What part of the body are you operating in? We'll talk about that later. About body part. Because you got to realize you're not the head. So you can say, so when you open your mouth, it should align with the word. Why should it align with the word? Come on, I'm taking, I'm taking answers today. Why should it align with the word? When you open your mouth, when you make a movement, when you say you hear, when you think, why should it align with the word? Because Christ is the word. 
He is the word. So he's never speaking outside the word. He's not speaking outside of himself. See, you, you see the plan of Satan. How a boy can be born a boy and think he's a girl. Something speaking outside of him. How he see outside of his body. <laughs> All right. So anytime you, th that's why you got to study to show yourself approved. Before you say you hear him, when somebody tell me they hear him, I need to know the scripture. I need to know the context of the biblical conversation in which you said the father said to you. Because he don't go outside his word. He sent his word. His word became flesh. Went to the cross and died. Now he's the head of the body, which is the church. So when he talks, all you got to do is look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why Paul had the audacity to say, have this mind. He's talking to a group of people. He's talking to a group of people. Have this mind. Not those. We ain't schizophrenic. We have in church, everybody in the body heard that. When it's time to pray, everybody in the body heard that. Come on. We're bodybuilders. We're not building our, our own kingdom. We're building his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, not your kingdom. And when you seek his kingdom, he makes your kingdom relevant. <laughs> the Bible says all things were created through Christ, for Christ, and without Christ, nothing exists. It says Christ holds all things together. Then it says he's the head of the body. Then it says Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's what you need to be talking to, the Christ in you. You need to be talking to the Christ in you. That's what you got the Holy Spirit for. The Holy Spirit is to reveal Christ. The Holy Spirit is to reveal the Christ in you. It's to revive and rejuvenate the Christ in you. Let me keep going. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 3, it's not up there for my note takers, and in verse 27. In John chapter, three, chapter 10, verse 3, and in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice. He said he calls them by name and he leads them out. He said, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me, and I give them eternal life. Why would he say something like that? Because if you, your head follows your body. I'm a, now, I'm going to attempt to do this. I'm going to try to, my body to go over here, but my head going to go that way. It ain't going to work. Right? It, it's not going to work. It don't work in this either. You can't go an opposite direction of the body and say Christ said it. If you're a part of the body, you can only say what he said. He taught you how to talk to the devil. It is written. 
That's the assignment. That's the assignment for this series. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John so you can get associated with how he thought, how he spoke, how he heard. He called us sheep. You know the sheep is the dumbest animal in the world? They don't know how to think. I was watching a video and the sheep hopped into the ditch. You seen it? The, the shepherd went in there and pulled it out and he hopped right back in the ditch. <laughs> a sheep is the dumbest animal and without a shepherd it is lost. Why is he using a sheep? Because that's how we are compared to the spirit realm. We know as much about the spirit realm as the sheep know about the natural realm. That's why he calls Satan a wolf. Because if you don't have a shepherd, a pastor, you need a pastor because a pastor has been given the grace to shepherd you. Do you not know you don't have the, sh the grace to shepherd yourself? You don't have the grace to shepherd yourself. He put that on a pastor. If he put it on a pastor, then why would he put it on a pastor and then give it to you and tell you to not listen to the pastor? We learning? John, 14, John 11, 41 and 42 now, this is the conversation. It's not up there for my note takers. Now, this is the conversation where Jesus is getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he says, Father, I know you hear me. Come on. Come on. That's it. Ain't nothing deep about it. He said, Father, I know you hear me. He said, I'm only praying so they know did you hear me? So as, as his body, we should know that what? The father hears us. Jesus said, pray to your father. Why would he tell us to pray to a father that wouldn't hear us? He said, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Matthew Chapter 10, verse 27. I think we got that up there. It says, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What I tell you, you got to be able to hear. Because I'm going to tell you some stuff in the dark, in the secret. It's some stuff, Jeremy, he's going to tell you. And you got to speak it in light. Then he says, what you hear in a whisper, proclaim from the housetop. So he said, I'm going to speak to you. He's talking to what? His body. He ain't talking to nobody but his body. If you're not a part of his body, you can't hear him. That's why I don't get, I don't understand why people say we don't have to go to church. The church is his body. We ain't got to convene. So you telling me that we all over Georgia. 
fingers over here, <laughs> elbows over there. Come on now, help me. <laughs> Torso in, in, in Marietta. We got kneecaps in East Point. We all over the place. We got feet in McDonough. Toes in Jonesboro. We all over the place because we're not supposed to, because we don't have to come to church. We got to come to church if we're going to hear as a body. We can't be one with him scattered. When he gathered his 12, they followed him for three years. They didn't follow him for three years every Sunday. Your lack of maturity is we don't get together enough. You missing Wednesdays, you missing prayer meetings, and you say, and you say he's talking to you. You lying. Only thing he's telling you is pray, fast, study, read the word, fellowship. When you get that down, you go to the next level where you can hear a conversation where he sends you on assignment. Because many are called, but few are chosen. So first you're called into the body, I mean, no, hold on. First, you're called into the body, which is the family. You're called into the family to mature in the family. Okay? The next thing you're called to do is serve, because we need to see your heart. <laughs> we need to see your heart. That's how you mature. You mature in servitude. Jesus said, this is out of Jesus' mouth. I didn't say this. He said, the greatest amongst you is the one who serves everybody. Did y'all hear what I said? He said, the greatest amongst you is the one that serves everybody. Let me say it again one more time. He said, the greatest amongst you is the one who serves everybody. So you got to be here to serve. One, all right? You got to be here to serve. One, okay. Now, if that's the truth out of the Savior, the one who's the head of the body's mouth, then who's the least? The one who serves nobody. The one who refused to serve. So if the greatest is the one who serves everybody, who you think he talks to? He's talking to the people on assignment, the people who's serving. Come on, you speak to your chiefs. You don't speak to privates. <laughs> you speak to the people who show up. Not the people who go do their own thing. The spirit is here for the assignment. It ain't here for your personal life. I've been trying to tell folks that. The Spirit of God is not here for your personal life. That's secondary. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will reveal Christ to us. That's the whole purpose. He said the Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. So we can only hear as much as we're connected with the body. And I know everybody here, everybody hear God. Everybody hear God. Except when it's time to serve. Except when it's in correction. Except when a leader tells you something. 
And that's the crazy part about it. As soon as the leader say something, well, God told me to do this. Well, what am I here for? <laughs> Why do I exist? If he's telling me something and then he's telling you to do contrary to that, one of us lying. <laughs> one of us lying. Come on, am I, am I right? Help, help me help you. Somebody lying. Either he ain't talking to me or he's always talking to you. Because he told me to be here on Sunday. He told me to be on the prayer call. He told me, now look, I'm only there. Watch this. I'm only there to help his body. I'm on, the prayer call is what? To help his body. Sunday is to what? Help his body. What is Wednesdays for? To help his body. Why we outreach? To build his body. So if he's telling me to do this, maybe I'm off. Y'all tell me what he's telling us. So I know. Somebody lying, right? Because at the Nepio stage, we hear ourselves, and we say it's the Father. Ain't nothing wrong with that, okay? Don't children, children want what they want. Okay, it's a growth thing. Ain't no, ain't no shame in this thing. You have to grow in it. When you get to that weos level, you will have that mind. I only do what the Father tell me to do. Anybody got to ask you to serve? Where you want me to serve at? Anybody got to ask you to give? How much you need? Anybody got to ask you to fast? When you want to fast? I got people come to me, come to me and say, let's do a three-day fast. I have people come to me and say, let's pray for eight hours. And then I have people who won't come to prayer. I have people who won't pray. But everybody going to say they hear him. No condemnation. We growing. That's what we're here for. I ain't beating you up. This ain't no uppercuts. <laughs> this ain't no right cross. I need you to hear him. He needs you to hear him. If we don't hear him, how can we build the body? He said when you pray. I don't know nothing about praying until Jesus said it. I ain't know nothing about giving to Jesus. I ain't know nothing about no secret place until Jesus said it. When the head started, out, there's no need to fast until he said it. He said, if you don't listen to my teachings, he said, what you know, I'm going to take it away. He said, if I give you this many talents and you do nothing with it, I'm going to take it away. He's threatening you. <laughs> I didn't say that. He said it. The head. All right. We're on the same scripture. Christ is the mouth of the body. He says, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. He said, what you hear in a whisper, proclaim. On the housetop. The Bible says we are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? Someone who is sent from another kingdom that only opens their mouth when that government gives them permission. This is the embassy to build ambassadors. In Luke 4:18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to speak. 
He anointed me to preach. He anointed me to proclaim. He said, I must preach. I got to preach. I know your family members like he always preaching. Keep preaching. Because when you shut up, the devil talking, still talking. He said, preach. And he said, preach the kingdom message. This is the ministry of reconciliation. He said, reconcile somebody. He said, go tell somebody. He said, I need you to go tell somebody that you are born into a family, you have been adopted and fathered by a king, and you need to grow into the name. You need to speak that. John chapter 8, verse 38 says, it ain't up there. Take the notes. It says, I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. Now, he said if you get in a secret place, the Father's there. So you're supposed to come out the secret place to speak what you heard in the presence. He says, so then you do what you have heard from the Father. Let me read that again. He said, I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. So then you do what you have heard from your Father. John 12 and 50 says, I know that his command is eternal life. So the thing I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Okay? John 16 and 25 says, I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in, in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. That's what we're at now. We ain't talking, we ain't preaching in parables. We're just telling you this is what the Father said. This is how the Father said do it. John 14 and 10 says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The word I speak, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his work through me. So what is our job? Let the Father speak through you. How do you know it ain't the Father? Because you know the Father wouldn't say that. You know the father don't talk like that. You know the father don't have that type of conversation. When you open your mouth because you're a part of the body, it should be reminiscent of what Christ said. We should know no difference between you and Jesus when you open your mouth. John 3 and 11 says, Truly I tell you, we speak what we know. <laughs> Come on. So we speak what we know. Here we go. And we testify what we have seen. We speak what we know. And we testify of what we have seen. He said, but you do not accept our testimony. So, the thought process, the hearing, the seeing, and the speaking of Christ should all bring us to a place where we know and we testify. It should bring us all to a place where we are engulfed in a kingdom culture. See, we've been watered down with religion because the truth has not been, has not been taught to you. You don't know you have a father. 
You don't know you're a part of a body. You think God just come to you and he just talked to you by yourself. And if that is the case, I don't need to be here. <laughs> y'all done knocked me out of job. Y'all done killed my whole call. So, the head is supreme authority, chief authority, and prominent authority. Okay? Supreme authority means there's, that's dominion authority. There's nothing higher than that. Chief authority is first principle. When he says first apostle. Supreme authority when it says that all things are created through Christ. Then there's prominent authority. That's the person you have to talk to. You can't get around that. You have to speak to them, to them because they're in charge. You know how children do. They want to talk to the mama. They want to talk to the brother. They want to talk to the sister. They want to talk to the father. Come on, you know how kids try to segue? They want to talk to mama. They want to talk to mama to talk to the father. They don't want to talk to the prominent authority. They want to talk to brothers and sisters. They want, they want father the father to pick it up in a conversation. I heard y'all over there. That's why most children in ministry talk. They talk because they wanted to get back to the father. They wanted to get back to the leadership so they can see what we say instead of coming talking to us. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Come talk to Dr. Hardy. You might not like the answer. Okay, but you know, but, but one thing you do know is that it's going to be word-based, and it's going to be the best thing for you. So, now, the head of both men and often of animals, now, this is what I want you to understand, is that the loss of head, of the head, destroys life. The loss of the head destroys life. If I cut your head off right now, your body will do some awkward stuff, and then it stops. Even if Abba gives you an idea in your mind, you hear me? Because you, everybody has a head, right? So he's going to give you ideas concerning your personal life. Even if Abba gives you an idea, a thought, or he shows you something in yourself, or you hear something, or confess something, there is still a need for you to, to submit to what he said. Y'all you, you, get me? There will be no progress if you can't submit to what he said to you. So now you can see why marriage is thrown off, why the family is in, is in <laughs> oh my God, is in jeopardy. You can see why the church is flowing the way it is. You can see why the government is the way it is. You can see why organizations are dysfunctional. Because individually, the mind of Christ is not there. We all need one mind in order to work together. Now, this is the last thing, and I'm out y'all here. Okay, I have to do this for the sake of the definition. So, the head is of, of a person, persons. So, Jesus is the Lord of all man. 
The Bible says that Christ is the head of every man. Man is the head of woman, and God is the head of Christ. So that's in persons, that's in Christ over the body, and then you have the cornerstone. Matthew 12 and 10 says that the stone the builder rejected became the chief cornerstone. So now we're talking about in building foundations. That's why the Bible says that there is no other foundation. Why is there no other foundation? Because there's no other body. There's no other conversation. So Matthew 7 and 24, I'm just going to read these, and then we're going to close out. Okay? It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and act on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, this is important for you to hear for you to think, for you to see, and for you to speak according to Christ. Because why? Christ is the head of the body. If you're going to build anything, make sure you're building it off the rock, on his foundation. Anything you do not build on his foundation, it will not survive the storms of life. And that is the deception of men. They build things, and they build them extremely fast and extremely quick. And then they crumble. And us in the body of Christ are like David. You know how David said he, he, he was feeling pitiful about himself. And he, he, looked at the, he looked at the enemy and he was jealous. It's like they're getting away with everything. They're doing this, they're doing that, and they're getting away with it. And then the, the Bible said until they, he saw their end. It seemed like they're prospering right now. But watch this. In a couple, I'll let y'all go ahead, clap. Go ahead, clap. Go ahead. I, I like that energy. Watch this. In a split second, a billion dollars can become zero. Oh, it's about to happen. Can you not see it? All those who work to get the money, the fame, and the notoriety, they're going to see it was for nothing. It was for nothing. A million dollars, it's going to, that quick, it's going to be nothing. Verse 25 said, the rain fell, the river rose, and the winds blew and pounded the house, yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on what? The rock. It says, but everyone, verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them would be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the wind blew, and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And it collapsed with a great crash. Storms, watch this. Storms of life reveal lack of headship. How many people end up in the body of Christ because they hit rock bottom? How do we hit rock bottom? We didn't have a head. There was a conversation going on from heaven to earth, and we weren't listening to it. We had our own thing we wanted to do. And then everything that we were doing, all of a sudden, what happened? It collapsed. And then what did we do? Abba. Now we want a head. Now we want leadership. Come on now. Help me. Help me. Am I right? So, no submission to headship, there is no life. 
No submission to headship, there is no inheritance. If you're not connected to the body, you can't sit with them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Did y'all learn something? We bodybuilders around here. Okay? We building his body. If you build his body, he'll build your kingdom. Can anybody testify that? <laughs> you did it his way, and he built it for you. He'll build your career. He'll build your family. He'll build your business. He'll build your name. The Bible says, greater is he in you that is in you than he that is in the world. Why would your father not want the greatness that is in you, which is him, seen? It ain't that he doesn't want it to be seen. It's just like the Bible says, when I come, will I find faithful? Will I find somebody who tied themselves to my conversation and wasn't worried about what everybody else was talking about? Seek first his kingdom. Amen.